Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. But I think the biggest topic over the weekend was St. Helens coming to Penrith and beating the Penny Panthers. Now, I think that there's this genuine, like this, I guess, general consensus that whenever we go over there for the World Club Challenge, ah, the boys are on tour. Who cares? Like, the boys are on tour. That's why they lost it. Because it's not like the first time we've been by Super League side. Uh, I think what makes this so special is they were out here they were going up against one of the most dominant sides we've had in a very long time, and they still got the job done. On top of all that, I think, look, I understand the gap between the top four uh, Super League sides, is it, between the top four and everyone else, it's quite substantial of, of what I'm told. Again, I don't have that much information on Super League because I don't watch it. Um, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, guys. Like, I only got so, many t- so much time in a day. Uh, but I always kind of felt that I never questioned whether the Super League best players were good enough in attack against us. Like, uh, like Super League attacking footy is really entertaining, really good to watch the things that I have seen. I was always of the, of the mind that would the best teams in the Super League handle the defensive gritty nature of NRL? And although it is only one game, guys, so I'm not sitting here saying they'd win a premiership next week, I will say, though, they probably, dare I say, bash the Panthers in defence. I think they well and truly bashed the Panthers. Uh, I, I text you on the weekend. I, I've never seen the Panthers have one marker on so many occasions. Mm. It was crazy. They, they were winning the middle and fucking you know, cut me a slice of humble pie. I underappreciated this side massively, St. Helens, to the point, Kempi, that after this game I thought, fuck, did I miss something last week in their game against the Dragons? Went back and watched part of it and thought... I'm not sure if I did last week. I, I can't believe the improvement in a week. Yeah, it's incredible. And look how the Dragons played, mate. 100. <laughs> like, percent Fucking, mate. But I, I think you could see at the end of this game, and I, I saw a lot of people sort of saying, "Oh, the way St Helens celebrated, you know, it's just a trial for Penrith." This is what this should be. This is the two best clubs in the world. I, I think I've always thought that this trophy should be probably worth more than mm. what it is, and 
hopefully this can be a bit of a turning point. Oh, it's like people say, well, they celebrated too much. That's easy for you to say. We're in the NRL. Like we are the pinnacle of rugby league. And, you know, we on it, we sit on our high horse and go, oh, they're celebrating too much. It's like, you do realise their salary cap is like, I think it's 2.9 million pounds. And take the classic example. I said on this podcast last week, I think Penrith will win by 40. Yeah. I didn't get a single message. No one pushed back on me. Yeah, yeah. No one pushed back on me at all during mm. the week because we just assumed the Panthers would come out and absolutely roll this mob. So credit to them. I thought, and mate, it went to Golden Point. I didn't think the Panthers deserved to go to Golden Point. Look at that. It was an unlucky try. They got disallowed as well. That I don't feel like that was a forward pass, to be honest. Uh, mate, 100%. St. Helens were the better footy side. Mm, um, I will say I got tired with the 40-plus fucking <laughs> brush as well. I was like trying to like politely defend me, mate, Guru, <laughs> but also be like, hang on a sec. Just because we're on the same show doesn't mean we said the same thing, bro. Uh, I'll wear that one. I'll wear that one. <laughs> I, said, oh, I said I felt they'd have a solid win, but I actually did say, and so, like, was my tip wrong? 100%. Did I think that – look, I personally thought – this is what I thought going into the game, and I said it as much anyway. I thought they would win 12 to 16, like, and it would be a controlled win where never really looked in doubt, controlled the game to a degree. So I, I know St. Helens are good. Like, I, I even said they would probably be a top eight side here – uh, if, they the, if they were in the NRL. But I also did say, unless Penrith complete at about 60%, they're going to struggle. What was their completion rate in the first half? 60%, about 60%. Yeah. Um, so I, I always thought St. Helens were a quality side, but I think they even, they even they surpassed my expectations for sure. So much so that I can see if they had access to our resources, the same salary cap, all that kind of stuff, they were living in the NRL... I do think they could probably land around the top six, top eight. Now, some people will think top four, but I, I just think you need to see more of than one game to, to make the call of like a top four side because the, the difference between top four and top eight is usually the ability to consistently put in eight out of ten performances or nine out of ten performances. Um, but St. Helens were incredible. And anyone saying they were celebrating too hard, it's like I don't think you're actually empathising with the position that they're in. They're the, the little brother in air quotation marks. They're the guys that we... You know, as a whole, I don't... Per- well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I've been guilty of it too. We dismiss as like, it's a Super League. You know, it's good, but it's not... You know, we would probably compare it to the New South Wales Cup standard. I think that's definitely not true. Like, it's not New South Wales Cup standard. Uh, so I think St. Helens deserve all the raps to do it in Penrith against a Penrith Panthers side that's been as dominant as they have. Yes, they were missing a few players. No, there's no denying that. But at the end of the day, they still had a bunch of absolute guns. Um... So massive congratulations to St. Helens. Massive congratulations to St. Helens. And I mean, I think that the big difference was that St. Helens played to the conditions. Mm. I thought they were tremendous in the wet. And, you know, I I saw people in comments and everything going, oh, that suits St. Helens because that's what it's like in England. It's not like the Panthers don't play in the fucking rain. It's not like the Panthers don't have the best kicking game in rugby league at seven. It's not like the Panthers don't have the premier forward pack in the comp. St. Helens outplayed them. It is what it is. Yeah, and then also, like... Penrith Panthers literally build pressure and beat you that way. That like, if you want to look at say a Rabbitohs or you know a Storm to a degree now that are quite like can spread the ball all that kind of stuff, then uh, you might have an argument. But Penrith are quite structured. Their their footy suits it suits wet weather more usually than other teams in the NRL. If anything, the two tries that Penrith scored, I'm not sure if they scored them in the dry. It's a good point. It's a good point. So absolutely incredible by St Helens. Absolutely incredible. Um, uh, and like 
this is what we want. Do we want it just to become a nothing game? Like, do we want to sit here and just go, oh, yeah, who cares? Doesn't matter. It's not a big game. It's like, yeah, I understand that St. Helens are already into their season and, you know, and the Penrith Panthers, it's it's a trial match. So they're not as keen or as up for it. I, I get all that. But at the end of the day, they played each other and St. Helens, they were the better side by, like, it says one point, but I, I felt St. Helens were quite dominant for most of the game. Um it was just, I think it was just Panthers' desperation on their goal line and, and, and in the middle there. It was just Panthers, like, the standards they've set now for so long, they just couldn't fall below that because they've set such high, set such high standards. Whereas a lot of other teams, I feel like St. Helens probably would have bloody, you know, not, not put a score on them, but I think they probably would have won by, you know, 12 to 16 points maybe. And that's also the other side of this that, like, personally, I think that's the worst game the Panthers have played in two years. When they've got their full squad, mm. they lost by one point. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Panthers. That well, we'll get in more into Panthers and and I guess what the questions that will be asked. Um, you know, one question is though: Was St Helens like even from the get go, they were jamming up out of the line, hitting Leota? Like Leota's the one that's doing the hitting. And don't get me wrong, Leota got his back, and and the guy dropped the ball and everything like that. Um, but like. St. Helens came with a specific game plan and they absolutely nailed it. They almost, if I'm being honest, and look, maybe this is hyperbolic or whatever, I felt like they looked more like the Panthers than the Panthers looked like the Panthers. Super aggressive line speed, arguably offside all the time, uh, some, some of the time. You know, you look back to that uh, match against the Rabbitohs in the grand final, Panthers just said, Oi, ref, if you're going to ping us, ping us, we'll just keep fucking doing it. Yep. Um, and St. Helens, like, I'm not sitting here saying they won because of this, guys. I'm not saying, oh, like, they were cheating, not at all. What I'm saying is that a specific game plan of our line speed is going to be so razor thin on the edge of we, we leave just before the ball touches the foot or just when the ball touches the foot or whatever. And they nailed it. Yep. Absolutely nailed it. And, I, you know, as you said, people might think it sounds like they're cheating. They're not. They're, they're playing to the conditions. They're playing to the rules that are set out in front of them. And that, that's part of what rugby league is. Like, you're... I've got my under-16s team. Like I always say to them, first set, give away a penalty. Find out how long we can hold yeah. down. See what Find the out what you can do. get away yeah. with and then play to that. And I think St. Helens did that incredibly well. Like, for example, um, when Cleary got late shot head high in that, and the play didn't get sent for 10, it's like, all right, that's a win for us. Like, we just got exactly what we wanted. We got to take out the best yep. player. The ref didn't have, I guess, didn't... The ref was playing the vibe that he felt, and he was like, no, nah, it's not a, not a 10 in the bin. And similar to an Origin game, you probably wouldn't get sent from the field for that either. Yeah. And then it's, it's so funny how, like, a few games later, Jordan Rapana, like, he's, <laughs> oh, he gets sent for 10 for that. Yeah. No swinging arm, nothing. It's, he was almost jumping for the ball. Anyway. Um, so, and so, as I said, I don't – please, who, people are listening, don't take that as me saying it's a negative on St. Helens. That's the way you play rugby league. You try to see what is this ref going to do? What is he going to take away from us? Is he going to be really harsh on the play the ball? Is he going to be really harsh on how far we get back? Is, you know, how long we hold down? And St. Helens played it perfectly, perfectly. Like the aggressive nature of the way they played. And they, they realized that the ref was going to let a few things go. Um, and that, that goes for both sides. Penrith as well uh, did the same thing. And so St. Helens deserve a massive rap. Game plan, the standard they played at, everything. I think, like, what a win. Mate, I, I thought the difference was James Roby. He was tremendous around the ruck. He was he just picking the 20th them season. 
Mate. He's played 562 professional rugby league games. And I, I don't like, I'm not comparing the two and saying he's, he's as good, but that's, that's the closest to a Cam Smith performance we've seen from a hooker, I think. He just controlled the entire game through the ruck. He just picked which side they were going to go to. They played through, through a corridor so much in the early sets, but it was effective. Mm. It was so effective. I, I thought he was incredible, James Roby. <clears throat> yeah, and like just what a 20th season. Did you see that stat? I think it was the Panthers, the whole team combined. I think it was like 1,300 games. He's played 500. It's wild. It was... It was yeah, off the charts. It, it does. It does seem like. Um, oh, I mean, uh, there's not enough evidence. Wouldn't I? I was going to say like, it. It is quite ironic that the last person to really pick apart the Panthers was a Cam Smith in the ruck, controlling that middle area. Then a guy like uh, Roby comes over. Roby comes over and again controlling the ruck, the pace of the game, knowing when to make to just push the edge a little bit, bring it back. It is really interesting and ironic. And, and, like, I don't know for sure that that is their Achilles heel, but it's, it's really the, the first time we've seen them dominated around the rut. And it is, if that is their Achilles heel, good luck. Because there's not many hookers around that have, no. like, you look at James Roby and Cameron Smith, you put them in a skill tester against the other hookers in the comp. It's, it's between the years mm. and the experience that they have that, that, that always proves to be the difference. So, yeah, I, I thought he, he was so impressive, mate. He reminded me a lot of Cam Smith in this game, how he just controlled it from the play of the ball. Yep, absolutely. What did you think about the game, Matty? Yeah, I, um, I have to eat some humble pie as well. I was all over Penrith before the game. I had him, I think the line was mi- minus 18. I thought, honestly, I thought that was um, pretty good. Then at halftime, I actually doubled down, caught up, Penrith are paying two bucks. And I thought, oh, they still won't lose. They're down by 10. So I lost two in a row. But by the time Golden Point came around, I got caught up in the moment and I was gone for St. Helens. Just gone for that underdog story. Yeah. I don't really understand why people said, oh, fucking St. Helens celebrated too much. It's the ultimate, ultimate underdog story. Those are the story. Those are the moments you remember for the rest of your life, whether you're part of it or watching on TV. I still think the greatest sporting story ever that I've seen is Leicester City, which is the greatest underdog story I think has ever happened everyone loves an underdog story i just loved it and to be honest as a non-penrith fan it, it was it was it was good seeing them like not win for once to be honest <laughs> i can't i can't tell a lie i was going from the whole game but um as soon as that golden pointed i was like all right i'm here for the narrative now and so you had a punt half time i had a punt just before half time they're paying two dollars too i'm like there's no way penrith they're, they're penrith they, they're not gonna lose even though I just thought, okay, one really, really good half. Let's. I just think Penrith will turn it around. I was just waiting for them to turn it around. But St. Helens, it wasn't even that, like Penrith weren't great, but we were just watching it going, St. Helens are just, they're brutal in defense. They're just, they're, they're not letting Penrith through no matter what. And because I was going for Penrith, I was like getting frustrated not being able to see them go through. So, but I was like, it's Penrith. They'll, Half time, I'll turn it around. Yeah. And then they, they nearly w- did. They nearly did. They completed like seven from seven and yeah. the game changed. And you're right. But they came out at half time and they had like a five minute period, 40th minute to 45th minute, where it was like probably almost their worst of the game, I thought. It was, they came out pretty bad. And I was like, okay, this, this could be happening here. St. Helens could get up. But then, yeah. oh, I just, I, I just loved the story. It was it was great seeing him win, and I I just loved seeing them all win. The yeah. the, the underdogs was great. Yeah, how many multis would have been absolutely smashed to smithereens? <sighs> yeah, because again, like 
you know, people, you know, want to come out and be like, oh, you know, fuck, see, you said that Penrith would win by this or that. And the next thing it's like, you weren't that vocal before the game, but you're very chirpy after the game. It's like, it's easy to be the guy after the game that goes, right, right, I'm fucking. So there would have been so many multis that um, could absolutely bust it up. I mean, you got busted up. I got busted up twice. Twice. You, you doubled down. <laughs> Double um, down. I, I thought even at half time, I thought the Panthers would get into gear because that first half in the Panthers, their completion rate was literally, like, it was terrible. Terrible. I just hadn't seen a Panthers. Like the Panthers' three front rowers, I think uh, Leota made two errors. Fisher Harris made one and Spencer Lino made one. Like that is unheard of for the Penny Panthers. Where are the errors? Um, okay, so. We've got Fisher Harris one, Moses Leota two, Cleary three errors. Like, wow, we that's unheard of. Um, but let's focus on the Saints until we'll get to the um, to the Penny Panthers. Uh, Jack Wellsby outstanding, absolutely outstanding. I actually thought uh, Matate. I thought yeah. he was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, very, very, very good player, isn't he? He's like he's obviously been around for quite some time. He. Um, Tell you a story. One of my mates was playing under twenties with him at the Newcastle Knights, mm. and the coach said to him at the start of the year that he's got high hopes for this team. And he said, "And I genuinely think one or two of you can play first grade this year." Mm. Matiati played for the Kangaroos at the end of that season. Wow! That, was that year he just came from nowhere, so that they were expecting maybe one or two to play first grade for the Knights that year. Mm. He represented the Kangaroos by the end of the year. That Unbelievable! Was wild when he represented Australia. It's just on Jack Wellsby too, mate. I thought that. That try-saving tackle he made on Nathan Cleary. Oh, massive. Like, when you look back on moments in that game, I think if Penrith would have scored then, because they were starting to get a little bit of momentum, that turned this game on its head. And not only was a try-saver, he forced the knock-on out of it as well. And I reckon if you put Nathan in that situation 10 times, he'll score it nine times. Oh, 100%. Um, I thought Alex Wormsley was massive. He's a big boy. Fuck, he's big. Um, and I loved his tit-for-tat with Leota. Thought it was good. Uh he just, as I said, like, oh, Sirenin. What about Curtis Sirenin? Oh, fucking hell, he was outstanding. To think that he essentially left Australia because no one would answer his calls is wild. Honestly, you're right. It is absolutely, like, again, like, that's, and look, I understand people are like, well, he was injured quite a bit towards the rah rah, but it's like, man, you're telling me that there's a club out there that could use Curtis Sirenin on the edge right now? I know he was injured a lot, but. That last, like, full year he had at Manly, he was one of the best players. Mm. I was pretty shocked when he left, to be honest. And, and they couldn't get him a contract. Mm. It was crazy. Um, I thought the halfback was good, mate. Lewis Dodd. First time I've ever seen him play. Yeah, so apparently he was injured, I think, last year. Yep. He's a young fella coming up, um, and they, they're tipping him maybe to be the next uh, half for them. Uh, maybe at the next World Cup, I'm not sure. Um, I thought uh, Percival had some good moments. Uh, like, it's just... Yeah, it was just a... I mean, and, and again, they did this without Tommy Mackinson. And for anyone that uh, knows anything about Super League, like, he's in the normal winger. Like, he's not just like, oh, yeah, the winger went off. Like, he is usually crucial to his sides. Go forward. The amount of times he breaks tackles. He's also an incredible goal kicker. Um, so they, it wasn't without battles for the, the St. Helens side. It's not like they, yeah, everything was sweet, no injuries, whatever. For reference, Tommy Mackinson won the Golden Boot a few years ago. Yeah. yeah, like he's a gun. He's a gun. He's just—he's not like just a standard winger that you know scores a couple of tries here and there. I'll tell you what, I love seeing again. I know he made a few errors, but fuck, he's entertaining. Conrad. Harrell. Oh mate, every time we got the ball, 
So, and I, I thought it was a really good test for um, Isaac Tongo as well, going up against him. I, I thought Tongo played outstanding. He was very good, and I, I think um, I think he's. I, I reckon that that left edge spot, that back row spot. I reckon that door's opened up a little bit there. I, I sort of thought Hoskins was better than Garner in that game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I was, if I'm being honest, I was a bit underwhelmed from both players. The games, you're, that spot's on the line, and yeah. I just didn't see much from either player. Garner in particular, he really disappointed me. I, I was I was surprised with that performance. I, I was surprised because, like, I, I just... It's not like... It was just the energy, like, I didn't see... And it's hard to say. It's hard to say because maybe Garner had a role to play, yep. and his role was to be on his edge, make his tackles, and just and wait for the ball to get to him. Um, but I just was like, I wanted to see Garner doing, you know, fifteen hit ups. Like I wanted to see him getting busy. And as I said, it's very hard, and it may be super unfair because maybe he was doing exactly what the coach told him to do. Um, but I just, I just felt like if you're playing for an edge spot. Um, and let, let's say in a world where he wasn't told to stay on his edge, he was given a, a, like a, the freedom to be able to go and, you know, look for work or whatever. I just, I didn't see that energy from him. I just, it wasn't, he didn't have a shocker by any means or anything like that. I just, I was thinking that, I thought we were going to see a new level kind of thing. And I think in those conditions, you would expect your back rowers to come in and do a little bit more mm. when you're not, when you're not moving the ball as much. I thought that, and you know, obviously we knew this was going to be the case, but. Like he had three runs compared to Hosking's 15. Yep. And again, I, I just want to, as a player, I know sometimes you are literally told, oi, bro, this is your fucking job. Just you do what you do your job. And sometimes players get selected and you're like, why is that player getting selected when we've got this other guy that's a gun? You know why the reason usually is? It's because the coach tells him to do a job and he does it perfectly. Yeah. Um, so I, there, there's a huge chance that Garner was told to do a specific job, but... If, there, if that isn't the case, and I'm being too, I'm being too nice to the player here, um, there, I was just surprised. Like, I just thought that there'd be more, you know? Yeah, I, I think there was moments in that game where he sort of shifted out to, um, to centre as well, which, which would have made it hard for him. But I, when you could tell he was playing in the back row, I was expecting to get a lot more out of him. And, geez, what wasn't it evident with that Panthers side? And, like, obviously that, that they were going to miss um, kick out, but just not having that... Ability to just go two pass and just gain a heap of momentum. Well, what down did, that what did I say ad nauseum? I'm sure people were sick of it over the last two years. I said every time the Penrith Panthers are in trouble, they just go boom, straight yep. to kick out. It releases. It's like a pressure valve just going, just releasing. Because all of a sudden, the whole set's changed. Now the whole game's changed. And we definitely saw that. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep, we'll stay on St. Helens before we, because um, I know St. Helens fans really do want us to talk about their players. And like, there's a few people like, oh, you, you skipped over them last week. It's like, guys, like, we don't know. Like, you can't expect us to know every fucking player in the whole entire world. Um, anyone else that stood out for you? Oh, I just want to just circle back to Matauta. He was absolutely outstanding. And what I loved about his performance is not only did he run for 175 meters, which is fucking crazy. Um, I loved how like, it was almost he had a mission to be like, I don't respect you. Or, no, no, I'm not scared of you because I've been in the NRL. So I don't, I don't need – it was almost like a chip on his shoulder to a degree. And, and just the way he's played, like he was getting niggly. And sometimes when you play a team like the Pennant – like, for example, how often have we seen over the years teams go and play Melbourne Storm and they're beaten before they go in the park because it's like Cam Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, and they respect them too much. And why were Raiders always the Storm's bogey team? 
because they were almost Ricky Stewart like, yep. disrespectful. Fuck you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your name is. But there's so many teams that go down to Melbourne and they go, oh wow, like, you know, I'm not going to niggle Cam Smith. I'm not going to niggle Cooper Cronk or Billy Slater. I'm not going to get aggressive on them. Whereas I felt like Matauté was like, nah, bro. Like, I am going to niggle. I'm going to get in their faces, be super aggressive. Which it was interesting when you, once again, as you said, it was sort of like Cam Smith that ended Penrith's run a couple of years ago. When you go back to when Penrith stepped in front of um, the Melbourne Storm, it was that game where Nathan Cleary kicked to the sideline to find Stephen Crichton mm. and Tafita Pangai Jr. went and got Christian Welsh. He wasn't even involved in the fucking play and just shook him and, and they all... And he just sort of took him to another level and I felt like that's what St. Helens did to this Penrith side. Mm. They went to him. They really took it to them and they tried to enforce over the top of the Matt Penrith, which we've, you know, we, we've come to learn that that's impossible over the last few years, but yeah. they found a way. They, they really did. It was, it was surprising. It was really surprising. Um, yeah, outside of that, like, I mean, again, James Roby, 50 tackles, 37 years old, 20th season, and he's making 50 tackles in a, in a, a World Club challenge in like 73 minutes or whatever, only two misses. I mean, it's just... Like what a what an effort. People don't understand. Like thirty seven. Yeah. Think of think of if you're thirty five and over right now, think about how hard that would be. Your body doesn't recover anywhere near the same. On top of that, he's already been through nineteen seasons. So it's like his body is so banged up by now. Um Yeah. On top of that, hundred and fifty one touches of the football. Yeah. So at no point in attack did he take a spell or anything. Yeah. He was he was directing them all around the park. Uh, yeah, I, I really wish that we would have seen him at some point come over here. Yeah, that, that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Now, I, I don't think, like, I, I would say, like, you know, 400 games in NRL is is much tougher task than, say, 400 games in the Super League. Not I'm not discrediting him at all. Um, but it would have been interesting to see, like, would have he had the same longevity in NRL? And, I'm, again, I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but I do think that we don't know that answer because the NRL is so brutal. Every team, even the wooden spoon team, can come out and belch you. Um, I think it's crazy that he debuted when Jack Wellsby was, I think, two or three years old, and now they've won what? I think they've won three comps together because I don't know if Wellsby was in the first one, but they've won at least three comps together. He he was a part of 2007 World Club Challenge against the Broncos. Wow, that's insane! Insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, Saint Helens. Did you play in that? No, I I didn't actually. I'm trying to think. No, no, I didn't. No. I think. I think that's the year. Oh, no, no, that was the year before. Because um, I, so, I, I had someone message me the other day saying that they were watching it and they saw you and I thought... No, it would have been Darius. Yeah, right. It would have been okay. Darius. Yeah. But no, I didn't get taken over 2007. Um, I did debut that year though. Uh, Jack Wellesby, really interesting one. Is there a... Because he's 21 now, isn't he? 21, yep. So he's young as shit and he's done quite a lot in the Super League. Does he come over to the NRL? Do you think he can... He'll get... What would you offer him to come to the NRL? Look, I've only seen very limited games of him, the World Cup and this essentially. Uh, I thought in the World Cup he opened up incredibly well. I thought against the top-tier teams later into the competition he was a little bit underwhelming. Mm. Uh, but I thought in this game he was incredible. I, I wouldn't be spending an astronomical amount to give him a shot out there because of history of English football. I'd be going about four or 500k. Yeah, 500 would have, was what I was going to say. I wouldn't yeah. go much more. Wouldn't go much more than that. But if you speak to people that watch the Super League, they reckon he's fucking unbelievable, which is, you know, and I'm not saying that's not true. It could be true. Uh, Maddie, how much are you paying him to come over? Yeah, I think I'm with you. It's just 
you got to, I got to see a little bit more of him, but just everyone is just glowing of him. And yeah, he played well on the weekend. You're right, Guru. He played well in that um, World Cup game against Samoa, but he's won three comps. I'm pretty sure it's three comps at the age of 21. Wow. It's crazy. Incredible. And Challenge Cups as well. And now World Cup Challenge. He's got, fuck, he's got a few trophies to his name. I think as well, he won the young, the Super, Super League Young Player of the Year last year, and he'd already won two premierships. It's just, it's, it's insane. But yeah, I'd, um, I would, it's hard to like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, are we just ripping away like the Super League talent? But selfishly, I'd love to see him have a crack over here. Mm. And like, if he spends two years over here and it's not for him, he's 23 when he goes back, 24 when he goes back. So. I mean, like you you take Sam Tompkins, for example, who came to Mm. the New Zealand Warriors, really battled here, went back over there, has been very successful since, um, the other guy that came I, out, I will Zach say Hardaker, he was the same. The it seems like the smaller, fast outside back kills it over there. Like yeah. like you, Jai Fields, yep. Bevan Frenchers. Um, who else we went over there? That was ah, uh, just recently um, Matt Dufty. Dufty yeah. Barber went over there and did very well. Um, like. And so I think, but I think that's because of the pace of the game. Yeah, and it's what I was discussing earlier of. The defence in Super League across the whole. Now, when you get your top tier matches, you know clearly that's it's NRL standard. But usually across the whole, defensively, it's just not the same as NRL. Um, but yeah, what a, what a win! It's a win for rugby league too because it gets more young English fellas and girls into rugby league. So a win all round, an incredible achievement by St Helens. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, Penrith could have a solid win. I got my tip wrong. I was incorrect. The Gurino had one of the, the great fucking... You and me together, I guess. <laughs> no, no. I want to make that real fucking clear. Go back and watch the tape. I said, wow, 40 is too much. <laughs> oh, man. When I was getting those messages, I was like, fuck, cunt. Oh, off the back of that, Tim go, Tim messaged me on the weekend. He goes, Jeez, this, this uh, Jermaine Hopkins pretty good. He goes, that's a good call by Kempi. I just went up. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> so the positive thing is you've had a big win with the Hopgood, but then you just got came crashing down the earth. Oh, the, came crashing down. Uh, the, the St. Helens one. Um, but anyway, guys, anyone, any reasonable person that isn't, you know, fucking psycho, you'd rather as... Would you rather Guru just be like, oh, you know, see how we go. Yeah, Penrith by a little bit. That's the easy thing to say. That's the easy thing to say because then you can protect yourself going forward and just be like, oh, well, I never said that they were rah-rah. So, um, and you know, we'll always put our hand up, guys. When we got it wrong, we will always put our hand up and say 100% got it wrong. So, um, but just like differentiate me and other people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Great stuff by St. Helens. What an incredible victory. And and good on them, man. Like, that is truly an underdog story. They didn't just come over and beat any side. They came over and beat one of our most dominant sides ever. And yes, there will be some people. And you may be true. It may be true. Did Penrith play that well? No. But maybe it was St. Helens that made them play really poorly. Like, what, what do you want St. Helens to do? Like, play someone that's not there. They got the job done. It's that simple. That's all that matters. Um, how Penrith played, that's their fault. It's not anyone else's fault. I reckon it'd be great too, and I reckon there's a really good chance that these two teams play each other this time next year. That'd be great. You reckon there's a good chance? Three Pete? You think it's three Pete? Oh well, I mean, I I wouldn't say it's unlikely. Yeah, I don't. I would. I would have said there's a chance. (laughs) Good chance. But but like, I I think it's fair to say Penrith have been your top three teams that could probably win the NRL competition this year. Um, I. 
I would love to see these teams go head to head in this World Club Challenge again. I, I think that'd be sensational. Have St Helens. What, what would that be, Manny? They'd have to win fifth, their fifth in a row, fifth, and then they go to Penrith. I tell you what, if that is the case, you're going to see a very different Penrith side. Oh, 100 percent. Because they'll be stinging. Yeah, they'll be stinging to get that back. Um, congratulations, St Helens. Absolutely incredible. What a story. Um, now onto the Penrith Panthers. Wow. Um, <laughs> I think that we, you know, people listen, know that we said the kick-out loss is going to be substantial. But they also know we said it's actually going to be the chorus our loss that is super substantial. And I think around the ruck, the, how much they missed chorus out was almost honestly like glaring. Every set they just had... And this is no knock on the players that are getting put in there because, like, you know, Mitch Kenny's a battler. He gets through a bunch of work. Like, that's, that's his job. Like, so it's not to say just he's supposed to magically appear these, this great attacking nine skills when he wasn't even a nine before a couple of years ago. Um, but just around the ruck, they just had, didn't have very much creativity. The Christmas around the ruck just wasn't there. When they needed something, to t- like someone to turn up the heat around the ruck, it wasn't there. Um, I think... Look, I'm not sitting here saying the Penrith Panthers aren't premiership threats this year. They are absolutely still premiership threats. But I do think it might take a while for them to, to adjust to life without Api Corusau and Viliami Kikau. And I think that I thought they would suffer without them, but I didn't think they would suffer this much. Because if you go back and look, you go, okay, well, okay, Api Corusau didn't start the grand final. And for 20 minutes, you know, Mitch Kenny was there and they were fine. They got through all the final series with Mitch Kenny starting. But I, I really think that it's a bigger hole than a lot of people give it credit for. Uh, it's going to be – I would love to know the, the backstory of, like, did Penrith think that they were dispendable in the sense of – I'm sure they offered them contracts, but did they fight hard enough to keep them or did Penrith feel they had enough replacements to sort those positions out? Um, so I will say a little bit concerned about Penrith after seeing that. Like, again, it's one trial match. Everything can change in a week. Um, it was their comp- – like, when they started to complete sets, they did begin to dominate the game. But I do think that they definitely performed worse than I thought they would without a guy like Kikau and without a guy like Api Corusau. Yeah, without echoing what you said, obviously it is their first trial. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you've just got to read into what we have so far. I, I also think that I've been told that if it was round one, Sonny Luke would have played. Okay. Uh, I think it was a minor hamstring thing. I've also been told if it was round one, Dylan Edwards would have played. Okay. So I, I don't think it is – it's concerning, but I, I think that Sonny Luke is going to play a very, very important role on this side – Moving forward, I think what we got from Mitch Kenny on the weekend, I, I, I don't know why that surprised people. They were clunky in the first 20 minutes in, in attack of games last season as well, but they didn't turn the ball over constantly in those games. And I thought that was the difference the other night. I, I, I think Mitch Kenny, he's a great bl- bloke to have in your team because whenever teams are playing the Penrith Panthers, the first 20 minutes is very, very important. And defensively, he's fantastic. Oh, he's absolutely fantastic. And he, and he plays a role there perfectly, but... When your front rowers and your middles are going to turn the ball over every second set, that becomes very difficult all of a sudden. So I, I think that that sort of brought Mitch Kenny down a little bit. And I, I think that Sonny Luke, I sort of thought he might play 40 to 50 minutes a game. I think he'll play 60-odd minutes now. I think he's going to be very, very important to this side. And I know he's no Appy Coruscant, but he's a lot closer to Appy 
than what Liam Martin is. So I, Mitch I, Kenny? Mitch Kenny, sorry, yes. Um, so I don't... There's concerning things there, mate, but I, I think that we haven't really seen the real Penrith Panthers side yet, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's so tough. It's one game. So you, you can't read too much into yeah, it. You exactly. really can't. But the, what I saw was just, I don't know, I just felt like their forwards didn't have the same oomph they usually do. And look, it's the first game. So, I mean, well, some of them was their second game. So it is understandable if they were rusty. But, like, I understand if one of the forwards was rusty, but I kind of felt like pretty much their whole forward pack. Like, even... It took a while for Isaiah Yo to get into things. Yeah. Um, you know, Fisher-Harris having an error, Leota having two errors, Spencer Linu coming on and having an error. It's, it's hard to, to gauge, like, is that evidence of a fatigued team? And, like, if there is any club that has the right to be fatigued, it's the Penny Panthers. Or is it just evidence it's essentially their first trial, wet weather, this happens in trials all the time, and because it's a preseason challenge, because it's on... Um, you know, we're watching it in almost like an environment, like it's a normal game. We're expecting too much of these players. We're expecting them to just go, boom, NRL standard off the bat. Um, and so I'm really torn. I'm really torn. It's, it's hard to say whether it's... Cons- I am, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. And I'm happy to say when they come out round one, if they belt someone, the host say, you know what, it's all good. But f- from what I saw, I am a tad concerned. They've gone from, put it this way, before that game, and I know it's a trial, but before that game, I would have had them probably favourites to win the comp. I probably wouldn't have them favourites at the moment because of I just think that the kick-out, Appy Coruscant situation may be something that takes longer. So right now, would I say they're favourites? I'd probably have them as second or third favourite to win the comp. So, I mean, look, it's still incredible. Still, Like, we're talking about a third season of, of, of dominance. Um so that's just being honest, guys. Like, I could sit here on the fence, guys, and be like, nah, nothing to worry about. It's a troll who gives a shit. But from what I saw, there were a little few things that I was like, oh, I don't know. Again, when in two weeks' time, if they come out and belt someone and they're the parents that we love and we know, then I go, yep, all good, nothing to worry about. But right now, it's like, ooh, I'm a bit, let's, let's see how this plays out a little bit. Do you remember who someone is in round one? It is the Broncos? Yep. So they're going to lose by 40. <laughs> they're done. <laughs> uh, I, I think that we could... Think it might take time? I think it'll take time, but I also think, like, as we keep saying, it's one trial. You can overread it, you can underread it. Mm. And I think both those narratives could be spot on by the time we get to week four of the NRL season. Yeah. Realistically. Uh, I, I, I still believe in Sonny Luke, and I think he can make a huge difference. Um, Do you think defensively that may become a concern? Because he's quite little. He's a, he's a little fella. Attack-wise, I think it's compl- – agree with you. He's gun attack. Do you think if he plays longer minutes, people might target him throughout I the middle? I have no doubt whatsoever they'll target him, yeah. for sure. Um, but I think if you're not going to be paying a heap of money for a hooker like Appy, you have got to give somewhere. And I uh, I mean, mate, like as you said, the, the entire pack was, was a little bit off the other night. First time that it's happened in years, realistically. Yeah. So I, I still think Penrith will be okay. I... I still kind of do have them as my favourite. So you got them at number one still? I still do. I I just think that they've proven over the last few years that when the bright lights are on them and they're on the big stages, they know how to win. Mm. And for me, that that matters a lot in this competition. Um, And look, to be fair on Sonny Luke, Luke, I'm not saying he can't defend. I I just have watched some of his 
New South Wales Cup stuff. It's a fair take, 100%. And fair. I have watched the World Cup, mm. and there were times where I was like, ooh, like he's a smaller body. But again, to be fair to him, this these are the things that every player coming into first grade has certain things they need to work on. There's a world where in 12 months' time, he's fine defensively. He's totally sweet. So... Like, I, I'm respecting his ability to grow as a player. He has barely played NRL. Has he even played NRL yet? He's played, I think, two games. Two yeah. games. So, like, of course, like, every player has deficiencies. Like, you could look at, you know, Nathan Cleary had Nathan Cleary had deficiencies. Not defensively. He was always good defensively. But he had massive deficiencies at the start of his career. I mean, so, it's, I'm not singling out Sonny and being like, oh, he's the only guy that, like, I'm just saying that that is one part of his game that they're going to have to strike a balance between they know Mitch Kenny can defend, they know Sonny Luke can attack. How do they bring that together, you know? Yeah, and the reality is this Penrith side is so good that you will find whoever you think you can target and you will go at them relentlessly. Mm, so yeah. it is 100% going to be a factor. On Nathan Cleary, I was told by three different people that apparently this game was on Saturday night, Sunday morning, he was already back at the fields at Penrith. Oh, really? On his own. You could tell he was stinging after the game. <laughs> he was furious after the game. And he was yeah. like furious at himself. Um, but yeah, with Sonny Luke... You know what? I would love we would go to the end of the year, look at his tackle efficiency, his tackle percentage, and we go, nothing to worry about here. Because I tell you what, if he if that if his defense is good, I, I would argue his attack, maybe not at Appy's level yet, but I do think he has the potential to get to Appy's level attacking wise. He has the potential to in five or six years of NRL. Because Appy didn't start fucking this master. It took him quite a while to get there. Yeah, and I think if you go and have a look at where, as you said, where Appy Curacao was after two games of first grade. Yeah. where Sonny Luke is. Now, I think the other thing with Sonny Luke that people need to remember, and, and I made this mistake myself, I think people assume he's 19, 20. He's 26 years old. Mm. He is a bit of an older head, so it's not like you're bringing in a guy that, and to be fair, New South Wales Cup last year, tackle efficiency, 93%. Mm. So um, in the games that we've watched recently of him, but he has been targeted though, mm. for sure. So it is something to watch. But I just think he's he's a bit more of a mature head coming into this side, uh, which makes me a lot more confident on him. And I think that I just don't think Penrith would have let Appy walk out the door if they, they didn't have a proper him, plan. I mean, he did win. They did win the New South Wales Cup. Yeah, they did win the the whole thing in the New South Wales Cup versus Q, Q Cup. And he's the guy that touches the ball the most. You know, so. I, w- I would love a world where we see him play in 60, 70 minutes by the end of the year. I think they'll probably ease him into it, though. I think that they'll probably continue to start with Mitch Kenny for 20 minutes. Then they might put him on for about 40, and they go Mitch Kenny the 20 at the end, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really it, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. Um, I'm excited for him, to be honest. I'm excited for Sonny to see how he goes. Oh, man, I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be very, very good. What and an I opportunity think, for him, too. Oh, mate, well, what a spot to step into. Yeah, because, like, like, it's one thing. Let's, let's say they came out and they belted St. Helens. As Sonny, you'd be sitting there going, oh, okay, do they really need my services? But now, if you watch that as Sonny, obviously he'd be devastated. They're his teammates. He loves them. But he also can be like, I've got some big to offer this team. Yep. Massive. Because like, he's really the only guy in this squad right now that can soften the blow of losing Appy. And just to show you, like in his last few games of uh, New South Wales Cup last year, he played 80 minutes in all of them. His run meters in his last five games, 100, 116, 87, 85, wow. 113. It's a crazy attack. For a hooker, that's unreal. That's unreal, That's yeah. sensational. That's Harry Grant levels. There's also There's the other side of it. Um, across those five games, he averaged two missed tackles per game. It's okay. But he made 42, 39, 33, 40. So solid. Yeah, I, I, I think that he's going to make a huge difference. You even have a look at his offloads. 
two two one four one. Like he's yeah. got a lot of upside to him. Tackle breaks, two four three five. He's he's got a lot of upside to him. This guy, and he's not a twenty year old that's coming in still trying to find himself. I I think he will make a very big difference yeah. to his footy side. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. So. Obviously, New South Wales Cup is is a little bit, you know, not obviously not as hard as NRL, um, but it's yeah, that's exciting. And obviously, those games that I read out, that's finals of New South Wales Cup. Yeah. So that's you know going up against the best cup teams, yeah. which have NRL players in it. Yeah. Um, now uh, on to the edges, Garner and Hosking. Um, look, I, I I did think Hosking's probably played a bit better, uh, got through quite a bit of work. Um, in saying that, defensively, he uh, he missed four tackles on the edge there. Um, Garner only missed two, uh, but he had four ineffective tackles. Um. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They desperately need Liam Martin back. Holy shit, they missed him on the weekend. When they needed some punch on the edge to really get them going, uh, it just didn't... I don't know. I just I thought at least one of them, Garner or Hoskins, was going to really just ex- almost explode in regards to like, oh, okay, they're all good. But, yeah, I was a little bit... Defl- not deflated, but a bit like, oh, I wish I had seen a bit more from them. Yeah, and I think as well in the conditions these games were played in, perfect for Dylan Edwards and perfect for Liam Martin. Mm. That would have been Liam Martin's Super Bowl being out there the other night. Just that, like wet footy, it's in tight, and uh, and they were getting bashed. He would have loved that challenge to stand up against that side. So uh, I think it will be interesting. I hope that he is there round one. If not, you would assume they go Garner on one side, uh, Hoskins on the other. But if Liam Martin is available, I... I reckon Hoskins got the jump. I think he does too. And I, I would have said last week, I don't think he's a hope in hell to get it. But based off that performance... I think I would have Hoskins there. Well, just the work that he got through. I yeah. mean, he had 15 runs. He ran for over 100 metres. You know, unfor- and as I said, like, unfortunately with Garner, like, you know, and, and, and as I said, if you had a game plan, I apologise, but he had three runs. Like, when you're fighting for a spot. And, and I do think that, like, sometimes players can be too nice and too, like, they're too much about the team. Yeah. And that's how sometimes you can end up with stats like that because you're going – the coach has told me to stay out here. My six keeps yelling at me to stay out here. I'm just going to do exactly what they say. And sometimes you've just got to go push blokes out of the way and go, no, mate, I've had no runs. Like, I need to get some, a carry. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a situation where it's like, oh, they're not going to be good or anything. Um, it was just a bit of a quiet night. And mate, I reckon there's a really good chance that what you just said is spot on. You've got Luke Garner coming from the West Tigers arriving at the two-time premiership winning side. Yeah. Just trying to get comfortable and find his way into this team. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, the other thing with Luke Garner is that he's, like, he hasn't played consistent first grade over the last few years, too. So, like, I think it's fair to say that's by far and away the biggest game he's ever played in. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, th- there's a lot of layers to it that, as, as we keep saying, it's very hard to read, overread or underread based on one mm. game. But at the end of the day, quite game. Like, yep. The, no matter how you slice it, it was a very quiet game. Um, 
hopefully he bounced back because I, I definitely think he's got a lot of potential. Let's talk about the, uh, the Stephen Crichton situation. I will say, obviously didn't play great. Mm. Um, got through a lot of work, handled the physicality of it, had quite a few uh, tackle breaks, all that good stuff. Um, but I do think that what's it was almost like the opposite of what Crichton usually offers. <laughs> Usually, in the big moments, he's the one that's delivering, not making the errors. Um, So, yeah, didn't play well. Crucial errors at crucial times. But I do also think this... this, I saw a lot of comments of like, oh, he's not a fullback. Fucking Bulldogs have kid themselves, rah, rah. It's like, guys, it's one game. Like, it's one bad game. Let's just chill on that chat. He's played fullback for the Panthers before and no one's had an issue with it. Um... So although he didn't have the best game, uh, I think you need to chill on the whole he's not a fullback thing. Yeah, I think that's one of the great overreactions. As you know, I've, I've seen a lot of reactions to this Panthers team off this game that I think are huge overreactions. And Stephen Crichton, um, I've seen him play an extended period. I know it's New South Wales Cup, but I've seen him play an extended period at fullback. He can do it, and he will be able to do it. Well, he ran over 200 metres, and he had six tackle breaks. Like So 214 <laughs> metres, six tackle breaks. And I agree with you. I think he had a poor game. Mm. But, I mean, the evidence is there in the worst possible conditions he could play in as a fullback to fit his sort of skill set. If it was Dylan Edwards, that's perfect for him. He loves that sort of stuff. Critter isn't that sort of footballer. I, and, I mean, <coughs> I just I don't understand why we're judging him so heavily off one game, a preseason game like that. I, just, I think it's crazy. Yeah. And I know what people are going to say, oh, he ran for 200 metres, but, like, he wasn't as good out the back and he wasn't as silky and this, that, and the next thing. For sure, like... That may be true, but there's not enough evidence to say he's not because we have we have barely seen him. Yeah. How can we say that? Um, you know, so just give him some time. Like, let's give some criticism. On top of all that, he wouldn't have trained at fullback the whole preseason. He would have been training at centre. Uh, so, yeah, didn't play the best. You know, the errors, you know, were pretty pretty bad, like pretty bad. In, in crucial times, again, it was almost like the opposite of what we see from Critter. <laughs> I mean, he did put up the bomb, I think, that got them back in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but then was he the one that dropped the ball that, that got, gave him the field position to kick the field yes. goal? Yeah. Um, so you win some, you lose some, I guess. Oh, for sure. And uh, Critter's going to win a lot more than he loses in the future. Well, he already has. He's already won a stack. He's already <laughs> like He's won more than what some of the greats of the game have won. Literally. It's crazy. So, Like had the big play in the big yeah. moment. Enjoy then. kicking him when he's down because he'll prove you wrong eventually, I believe. Oh, I agree too. I agree too. But, you know, we're not going to sit here and say you played well. It was yep. unfortunate. It wasn't the best game. But I think that that's what also makes this Penrith side scary for round one for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're going to be angry. They're going to be pissed off. <laughs> they're going to be pissed off because the thing about the Penrith Panthers is like, so like the Melbourne Storm, they're hated because they're good. Like, you know, people try to look at like, oh, the wrestle, this, that, and this thing. It's like, no, no. It's because they're good. Like, it's, everyone tries to bend the rules. It's like the Roosters. People don't like the Roosters. It's because, like, they'll look for reasons. Oh, it's because of Sally Cabin, Sombrero, rah, rah. Anytime a team becomes good, they look for reasons. The thing with the, the Panthers, though, is like, they are cocky. They are confident. They are in your face. So there is a lot of people just waiting for them to struggle so that they can say, you know, what they want to say. And to be honest, to be fair, that's fair. Because if you want to take the mantle of the cocky in your face, we're the best, if you don't like it, change it, then you have to cop the thing that comes back if you don't win of, well, you're not the best and rah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. So, and look, I think the Pendant boys know this. 
So there are a lot of people that are waiting for this moment. And I also think that's the beauty of Penrith too, that they'd be sitting there going, okay, yeah. fuck you guys. We'll see you round one. Yeah. yeah. But I do, yeah, for, from what I've gathered, if I, I think Dylan Edwards and um, Sonny Luke weren't far off playing. So mm. maybe there is an argument there. Uh, Isaac Tungo, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was, he was outstanding. Yeah. I really thought like when he, he had two people jam up on him, he bumped them both and like, Knocked out Mackinson, like the strength of his like people don't understand Mackinson's strong as shit. Like his core strength must be crazy strong, Isaac. It'll sound underrated, but this kid is like it'll sound crazy, but this kid is still underrated. I, I think I he's think so. got so much more to offer, and you know I. I was obviously very high on him going into last preseason, so I, I got on him for any time try score, try score all last season. Mate, he got about nine or ten tries taken off him last year, and he yeah. still scored fifteen odd. So I reckon this year, and you got to remember as well when you when you look at his, you know, what he did last year, how impressive he was. He became the best decoy in rugby league last year. Mm. He was like he he was not utilized anywhere near as much as, as as he should have been. I think this year you'll see either Garner or Hoskins. I think they'll run that heavy overs line. I think Isaac, Isaac Tungo's in for a huge season here. Mm. Damn, he looked good. I thought he looked really good. Uh, Taruva, I thought um, he was solid for a rookie. What's crazy is like, you know, it's almost like you forget that Taruva's a rookie. Um, but yeah, um, Jerome was, is a bit quiet, I thought. Cleary, I thought he had moments, obviously. Um, it was a mixed bag for Cleary, like a genuine mixed bag. Not the mixed bag of like, oh, he played poorly, but we don't want to say it. I genuinely thought it was a mixed bag for Cleary. Uh, outside of that, yeah. Um, the good thing for the Panthers, Panthers is they played pretty poorly. So the only way is up, well, you hope anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see how they, how they bounce back from this, for sure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 